This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray, a member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Praise God, it's Happy Wednesday. This is Pastor Callie with Warrior Watch, and we're so happy to be back with Frida White, and uh, we're talking about this new book that she's written called A Woman God Can Use. I so enjoyed last week's um, program with her, and it really inspired me that God, I've known in my heart, just because of what I've been involved in personally with her voice and women across America, that God is doing something in women in the body of Christ, and and we are stepping up to what God has called us to do, and uh, we're laying down any kind of um, insecurity about being in a woman. God doesn't care whether we're male or female. What he cares about is the humility and obedience of our heart. And so we're going to talk about more women. I I love what Miss Frida has done. She's taken women in the Bible and then she's matched them up through the leading of the Holy Spirit with women in history that had the same anointing. Yes. So welcome, Miss Frida. Let's talk more about your book Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you. This is a joy. I love talking about the word. Yes. And I love the role models that we have in the word. And so my goal um, is, Lord, I want to, I want to run my race. Well, yes, I want to finish strong. I want to finish satisfied. I want to fulfill everything you've got for me to do. And, and I really believe that this has come full circle in the redo of this old book. And it's nothing like the, 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 the previous, first one. the previous one, yes. And so today, I'd like to talk about a woman named Rahab. Wow, yes. Now, Rahab, um, the Bible calls her a prostitute. Yes. Whether she was a prostitute like we know prostitution now, I don't know. It doesn't really even matter to me what, what was going on because she had faith in God. Yes, yes, yes. And whenever you are so... Uh, in tune to the spirit of God that you can discern what's happening in your society. Um, That's powerful to me. And so it's interesting because Joshua talks about her in the second chapter in verse one. And in the NIV, it says, go look over the land, especially Jericho. And they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there. Now that's probably the only place they's welcome. But that was also a good hiding place. Sure, sure. Because uh, nobody would be suspicious of a man showing up at Rahab's house. Right, right. And God knew that. Right. He knew exactly where was the best place to hide his his guys. And so he hid them. And he gave them, uh, the end of the day is that um, she gave him a plan of escape. Wow. She had enough wisdom to tell him what to do and how to do to get out of there. But she also made a demand on the faith of God. Wow. Because she made provision. She said, you know what? I've taken care of you. I hid you. I gave you a plan. Now, what I want, and she says this in, in Joshua 2, she says, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of 
several people, my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and everybody that belongs to him, and that you'll save us from death. Now, that's a pretty bold request. That is a bold request. Sounds to me like this woman was taking charge with the words out of her mouth. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She wasn't just a woman of the flesh. She was a woman of the spirit. And I've often wondered, what is it on the inside of a woman that causes her to have enough courage to risk her life to save others? Wow. Because that's what she did. And she took charge of her circumstances. They weren't the best. And she knew. She knew that that her city was going to be destroyed. She knew that they had no choice. And Jericho was... um, an idolatrous place. It was a wicked place. And you know, we were in Israel one time. Yes, we were together. Together. And we saw the ruins. Yes, we did. Archaeologists. They were excavating those walls. And you know what? They didn't come tumbling down. You know that old song we sang in Sunday school? No. Joshua fought the battle of the ground. They were, it's like the hand of God just literally pushed them into the ground. Yes. And I was thinking, well, Rahab saw it all. You and I saw the the ruins, the archaeological ruins in Israel. But Rahab was there. Wow. And so when God began to move, you know, it wasn't, you know, this stone falling here and that stone falling there because archaeology has proved, yeah, the walls came down, all right. They went straight down to hell. And they're intact. (laughs) And they're intact. Yes. The hand of God pushed them into the earth. And so... Her words were so powerful because she said, I want my family saved from destruction. That ought to be the heart cry of, of every woman yes. that knows God. Yes. Not a one of my seed will be lost. Now, some of us have children that are still working on their testimony. Yes. That means they're not there yet, but we're not giving up. No, we're not. We're going to stay fast in prayer. We're going to rule with our words until we see God move. And it's interesting. In Joshua 6, it says this. Joshua spared Rahab, and I love it, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid Joshua, hid the spies that were sent to Jericho. And, you know, it's interesting because history tells us that she went on and married one of those spies. Wow. And what I love is that she's in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, she is. Of the five women. So there was redemption in that process. Oh, there was redemption, and God had a plan. He said, okay, I see this woman, and she's had some choices. Maybe her father sold her into prostitution. We don't know what happened. No, we don't. All we know is what the Bible says. But we do know that her heart was turned toward God, and she knew that they were going to be destroyed. And she wasn't willing that her family would be destroyed. And she was wise enough to make the right decisions. And so I believe that just like Rahab was a chosen woman, God has got women all over the world. Yes. But he's got his finger on them. And he's saying, I've got something for you to do today. I've got a plan for you to do today. You're going to have to listen for his voice and he'll give you the wisdom just like he gave Rahab. That's what his plan is. Would you like to know somebody else in history that did this? Yes, yes. Glad you ask. (laughs) I I can't wait. All right. As I prayed about that, I said, all right, God, who's another woman that saved her family? Wow. And the Lord said, Harriet Tubman. Wow. 
Wow. Now, this is another woman from American history. She was known as the Moses of her people. Wow. And she was born into slavery in 1820. That was a few years ago. Yes. And uh, her parents were forced as slaves to come to America. And they told their daughter that they were part of the Ashante tribe. Of Ghana. Of Ghana. Yeah. Now, I've ministered in Ghana many times. As a matter of fact, one time I was speaking at a um, a very large gathering, and they gave me some of the kenti cloth, and I saw it being made on those looms. It's very, very expensive. Wow. And so I knew the value of it, and I said, oh, my goodness, you're giving me real kenti cloth? And it was the, the ruling the king and queen of the Ashante tribe, they still have an enormous effect among the people in wow. Ghana. And so I understand them. They are a warrior tribe. They were never conquered by the British. Wow. And so here is Harriet. Her parents are taken. Most people don't realize that the slaves came to America. They were sold by their tribal chiefs. Yes, yes. Into slavery. Yes. I've been in Senegal and stood on Gory Island, which is a demonic PowerPoint where the last thing they see is the ocean before they load it into the slave ships, and it's awful to be there. But Harriet's family believed in God. And one of the terms they use in Ghana is, are you a God-fearer? Wow. Do you fear God? Do you fear God more than man? Wow. So her heritage was, number one, she was from a God-fearing family. And number two, her parents told her she was part of the Ashante tribe from from Africa, from West Africa. And so there was a strength, an inner resolve on the inside of her to serve God, but also that she didn't have to take man's word as the last word. Right, right. So as I began to think about the anointings between Rahab and Harriet, I thought, they were both women God used to save their families and to save a multitude of others. Wow. Because they were obedient to his voice. Now, God used those characters, character uh, um, attributes that they had of godliness for his purposes. And so, I, you know, I, I can't wait to meet Harriet's parents. No, I can't. Because they couldn't have imagined the plans had, that God had for their little girl. Wow. Wow. Don't you know it grieved their hearts being brought across the ocean sure. all those days and weeks on that slave ship and sold into slavery and being in chains and then having their daughter follow in the same thing when they were part of the Ashante tribe. Yes, yes. But God still had a plan. Yes, he did. And that tells me that whatever status we find ourselves in, Wherever we are, and we think life has dealt us a About, horrible thing, yeah. and and we've had to go through stuff, and you don't understand where I'm coming from, and you don't understand what's happened to me. Well, let me tell you something. You can't get any worse than Harriet. No, no, no. But God was her source, and she looked to him, and it's recorded that she even prayed for her master. Wow, wow. Even prayed for him. Now, she tried to escape, and of course, she was found and brought back, and severely beaten and so it was years later before she was able to to escape for good and she became a conductor which meant she went back and forth getting slaves and taking them to freedom now to show you the the strength of this woman one time she hid slaves under a pile of manure 
Oh, my Lord. And put straws up through the manure so they could breathe. My mind has a hard time grasping that. But desperate people will do desperate things. And I have to believe it was the Spirit of God that showed her how to preserve that family. She brought out her family one by one. She would go back and bring them out. Brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews. She just brought them out one by one by one. Did, did they Over have trails underground or how did they do that? They had a whole system, a network. They called them the railroad because they would hide out in different homes and different things. And so she was a master of deception. She was only five feet tall, so she's a little bitty lady. But they said she was so strong and smart. The wisdom of God. I believe it was more than Callie than being smart. I believe she tapped into the wisdom of God. She would have to. And and I believe it was her life of prayer. Right. Because it was written how she even prayed for her master when he was beating her. Wow. Wow. Now, you know, whenever men do despicable things to you and you bless them and don't curse them, you've entered into a realm where God is saying, oh, I I, I see her. I notice her. She's somebody I can use. She's somebody that I, I can further Used to further my purpose in the earth today. Would God use just anybody? Well, he used Harriet. Isn't that amazing? And as a result, many, over 300 people she led to freedom. Wow. Because of her obedience to the spirit of God and her faith in God. And, you know, at the end of her days, she was recorded saying, tell the ladies, tell the women to stay strong. Wow. Tell the women to stay strong. Uh And said that her voice would rise up above the rest of them in church. (laughs) She would sing. I mean, she was in her 90s when she finally went home to be with Jesus. Another woman I can't wait to meet when I get there. Isn't that amazing? Powerful. Was she married? Yes. Married. Yes. And kids? I don't know that she had children. Okay. Wow. I have to find that out. Well, she had probably a bunch of spiritual children. Oh, she had many. She had a legacy that she left of many that she delivered from the snare of the enemy. So that's why when you look at Rahab, the legacy that she left was that she enabled the spies to escape, first of all, men. Right. And then she was able to, to save her family, put her family in her house and said, stay here. And then we forgot to mention that Rahab's sign was she had to throw the scarlet cord out the window. Right. Yeah. And that scarlet cord is the blood of the lamb. Yes. And when she threw that cord out the window, then Joshua and his men said, don't, we don't do anything about that house. Everybody that's in that house comes to safety. Yes. And I believe God said, everybody that's with Harriet will come to safety as well because they have trust in me. So Rahab is another woman that found herself in the Hebrews Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I love the fact that they were willing, you know, the will of God is where we're the happiest. It's where, where we're the most fruitful and where we're the the most joy. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not without some suffering. That's right. It doesn't mean that it's not without some things that, that, that cause us to fall to our knees. I mean, Every great man and woman of God. And, um, you know, I'm in a place, nobody wants to invite suffering in, but you think about all the suffering she had to endure. Yes. uh, Getting those 300 people to safety. Years. Years of suffering, years of sacrifice. Yes. To do what God has called her to do. Yes. 
And uh, the Bible says to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And uh, we don't we don't like to suffer, but it's in suffering that our character is really that's where Christ is really formed in us. Our right. our humility, our compassion, our love, everything grows yeah. in the fellowship of the suffering. My husband preached this last Sunday on the promise that nobody wanted. And that's wow. when Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Yeah. Now that's a promise we don't want. No. We don't want we want good promises. You know, I'm gonna win a sweepstakes and go to Hawaii for three weeks or something, you know. <laughs> right. But right. but Jesus said, I promise you, if you live long enough, you're gonna have tribulation. And uh Paige and I, my daughter and I, we were talking afterwards. She said, Mama, that really helped me and I said, I know it does, baby. Because we, we go through stuff. And on the other end, we look back and we see the faithfulness of our God. Yes. The goodness of our God. And the enemy is still going to be defeated. He, he, he throws his best at us. I mean, he thought that manure pile was the pits. And it was. But God said, oh, no, I'm going to use that as a means of escape. Now, I, in a, and never in a million years would I have imagined hiding underneath a pile of manure, but nobody going to find you there. No, and you know what? It might stink, but if we live, it's worth it. Yeah. So who would imagine hiding under a, a bunch of straw either? Yeah. Yeah. So Rahab hid the spies under straw, and Harriet <laughs> hid the, the, those going to freedom under a pile of manure. Yeah. And at the end, they both lived, and they both declared the goodness of the Lord. And their homes and, were saved. And and they were saved, yes. And that's what we want. We want to come to the place where we say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Maybe it's not hiding under a pile of manure, but it might be. Yeah. I remember one time at the food pantry, we had bought this rice, and I guess it was old when I bought it, and maggots got in it. Yeah. And one of the ladies that was helping me, she screamed and said, oh, I can't touch that. And I thought, oh, for thee, love, <laughs> give me that container. And I went out to the dumpster and dealt with the situation. And I thought, well, I see right now what God can use you to do. (laughs) You see, we have to be willing to give ourselves to small, insignificant things that nobody wants to be involved with. And then at the end of our days, we can say, well, you know what, God, you've been faithful. Sure, sure. You've been faithful. Instead of looking at something and screaming and as women and complaining and griping about how horrible it is instead of rising up in the anointing just of say, God. Just look, I got to go clean this and up. Say, and say whatever it is. I mean, a bunch of maggots on rice is nothing compared to me than crawling up underneath a pile of manure with a straw to breathe. Yeah, that, that would be hell on earth. But, you know, it's better than dying. Exactly. And, and, and better than being beaten. Yes, yes. So if they were found, they would have been taken back to their master, severely beaten. Or killed. Or killed. And as a result, they were able to go to freedom. Wow. God has called us to to a life of obedience. Yes, he has. And I'm so excited about what he's doing uh, in the lives of women all across America. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have a song, and then we're going to come back and talk more about a woman God can use. Spoke those words. He spoke so tenderly. 
Your love changes it. Oh, your love changes. 
I cannot tell you how much I'm enjoying having Pastor Frida White here. And we're talking about a woman God can use. Yes. And I just, Lord, I just pray for the women that are listening today yes. and all across America and women that will hear this broadcast. Yes. And they'll begin to step into their destiny, knowing that if God has called them, there is nobody that can stop them. And God, I just thank you for the bold faith and obedience that's coming across the women in the body of Christ. And I just thank you for freedom. Her heart, she is a true living example of a woman that has dedicated her life to the to the preaching of the gospel. And she has a daughter that is a, a mighty woman of God. And I just declare that everyone in her and Frida's line and Frida's generational line, spiritual and biological, will do great exploits. I call forth blessing yes. over Miss Frida. Frida, let's yes. go into your next lesson today. Okay, I'm so excited about. What God's well, doing. one of my favorite women in the Old Testament. Of course, I've got a whole bunch of them. So, ladies, when you're listening in, in heaven in that great grandstand and you're peering over, um, I, I love all of you. And I'm thanking <laughs> God for all of you for your obedience. But one is known for being a wise woman. And that was Abigail. Yes. Now, Abigail was a beautiful woman. And First um, Samuel 25 talks about her. And you know, it's one thing to be beautiful and wise and prudent and smart, but when you're married to a fool, it can be hell on earth. Yeah, I can't even imagine that that combo. And so you have to wonder, did her daddy set up that marriage? Probably. Probably. Yeah. And so, I mean, what man would give his wife to somebody that was obnoxious? Probably because he had a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And so her dowry would have been sizable. But at any rate, the Bible tells us that, um, and, and I love that when I go back and do the word studies in the Hebrew, the word that talks about her being beautiful, it says it literally means that she was circumspect. She had discretion, knowledge, prudence, insight, good sense, and wisdom. Wow. So when you're a prudent woman and you're also wise, God is noticing you. Yeah. But he also notices how you respond to the people that are in your life or in your sphere of influence. And it also talks about her husband, and he was called a son of Belial. Oh, he was more interested in his flesh and his desires than in being like the Lord. And the sad thing is he was a descendant of Caleb. Wow. And Caleb was a man that wholly followed the Lord. I mean, his ancestors served God with everything in them. And here he is acting like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. He was given much, but he didn't reciprocate. He did not uh, act with gratitude and thankfulness for what he had received. He, he was full of himself. And so I, I think about how many times we allow the enemy into our lives. And I've known a lot of rich people and invariably they'll be married to some fool. <laughs> and if you don't guard your heart, you'll lash at them, out at them. You'll, you'll say things you shouldn't. You don't take charge of your words. Mm -hmm. And so in this situation, there was a man by the name of David that was on the run from Saul. 
He had these men gathered around him that were discontented and distressed and in debt, and he was training them to be mighty men of God. And so Nabal is shearing and his sheep, and he's got a feast going on. There's party times. There's plenty of food. There's barbecue galore. And David sends word and said, do you have something you could give to our guys to eat? We've been providing security for you. Nobody's bothered your herdsmen. Nobody's bothered your stuff. Right. But Nabal was not going to give anybody anything. Wow. He was selfish. And so it's interesting to me because um, he, his words were, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Mm-hmm. Who is this guy running from Saul? Well, everybody knew who David was. Yeah, he, he was killed being sarcastic. Giant. Oh, he was being sarcastic. Cynical. Um, he was used to showing out and saying things he shouldn't have said. And everybody knew that. So, you know, when you're around somebody like that, you don't have to talk about it. They all are aware of it. You don't, sure, have, to, sure. you don't have to chime in and say, well, look at him. He's such a fool. Everybody knew he was a fool. Yeah. And so when the word came back to David that he wasn't going to do anything, I mean, David was mad. Yeah. He got hot. <laughs> he got hot. Woo, did he get hot? Because he straps his sword on and he gets 400 of his guys and he said, ain't going to nobody be alive next morning. Now, I don't think David needed 400 men. I think he could have took care of Nabal all by himself. He probably could. Well, if you took down Goliath yes, as a child, I believe he could certainly take care of this old man that was full of himself. So... The, the thing I love about this is that um, when they came, the, the, the servants heard everything that Nabal said, and they went to Abigail. Yeah. So that tells me that the dynamics that was going on in that home, the servants knew who was a fool and who was wise. And who was reasonable, yes. They knew who they could go to and make a petition that had enough discernment that they could solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And I believe God will always use women that solve problems. problems. Yes. When a crisis presented itself in her household, she didn't go screaming and saying, why is this happening to me? And I knew this was going to happen. And, hit, you know, she just began immediately to, to make preparation and solve the problem. Years ago, I was talking with a prophet, and I said, what is my greatest asset? And he said, you solve problems. Wow. And I went, wow. And then I got to thinking back over my life, and I thought, I solved a problem in our whole town with yeah. the poor. Yes, you And did. I began to think about so many things. And it, that and God it, used you to solve problems. Yeah. And, and he, I think he's still looking for men and women in every locality, in every nation, that will listen for his voice. And then, okay, God, I can do that. And it's small, but it doesn't matter. I can do that. So his fits of anger, I don't think this was the first time Nabal pitched a fit. I think it was his lifestyle. Yeah, I do too. Because the servants went to Abigail to get a solution to yeah, the problem. They knew, he... they knew that once David heard about this, they were history. They would all be slaughtered. I mean, his reputation was he didn't, he take didn't mess it. with that. He didn't, he didn't, pl he didn't play games. He was, it was over with. And so when they go to him, um, she gets busy. She has her fig cakes 
She has her jugs of wine. She got barbecue. She got fresh bread. I mean, she got raisins. She got everything. She covered all the food groups. Loads up on her camels or donkeys or donkeys, I guess it was, and took off to meet him, going across countryside. And, you know, she she doesn't care about how bumpy the ride is. Mm-mm. She's out to find him before he gets to the house. Yeah. And uh, when she gets there, her words that she spoke were so powerful. And that's what we're talking about, is that our words, that's how we rule. That's how we speak to the forces of darkness. And we command the powers to back off because we have the wisdom of God. And she said, pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is fool and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the man my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed, from avenging yourself, I love the way she approaches this with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm me now be like Nabal. In other words, don't act like a fool. He's a fool, but don't you act like one. Two wrongs never make a right. No, no. And so I love it because she said, my master will have, will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed of having to avenge himself when the Lord has brought my master success. Remember your servant. Wow. Now, I love it because the thing he wanted was provision for his men. And he got it. And they're smelling the fresh bread. (laughs) They're smelling the barbecue. They're smelling the fig cakes. Right. She's come with it all. She came with everything. She didn't leave one thing untouched. But she falls on her face in the dirt and asks for forgiveness for her husband. Boy, that's a big woman in my book. Yeah, it is. She didn't have to do that, but she did it. She took full responsibility for the things that occurred in her household. And she said, I am going to take charge of my life. Now, if every woman would have that attitude, this is my home. I'm the heart of my home. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and raise havoc in my home. I may be married to somebody like a Nabal, but I'm not going to act like a Nabal. I'm going to act like an Abigail. I'm going to rise up in the anointing and say enough is enough. Now, God, you show me how I can stop the plots of the enemy. And I believe a tragedy was averted because one woman was sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and she acted quickly. Yes, yes. She didn't hesitate. And you know, sometimes opportunity comes and you only have a short window. Window to make it happen. And so either you sit back and and play the blame game or the poor me, pitiful me, or you rise up in the anointing and say, God, what's at my hand? What's at my disposal? And then you solve it. I remember years ago before Ike came in, the hurricane. And a week before, I went and bought cereal and juice. Now, that's not something I would buy cereal on a regular basis, but I don't buy juice on a regular basis, but I felt prompted by the Holy spirit, buy juice, little bottles of juice and cereal and have it there. And I was on the emergency management team. And so Bob and I were in bed and, and the storm was hitting coming through. We all know hurricane days. We hate them, but we live in the part of the world where hurricanes are a reality sometimes. Um, So anyway, it was about midnight and I got a phone call. And so the emergency management team was, of course, activated. And they said, Frida, we have a real problem. 
said one of the churches is full. Our church was full of people that were displaced, fleeing the hurricane from the coast. Uh, there was about four churches that were full of people spending the night. And um, the call came in and said, we have nothing to give the children for breakfast. I said, I do. And they said, we knew you would. Wow. Wow. So Bob and I got up. We went to town. It was midnight. Poor Bob. He always gets drug around on yeah, my adventures. Yeah. And uh, so I went to the food pantry. I loaded up my truck with cereal and juice and went around to the other churches so that when the children woke, woke up, up, they'd have something some to eat and something to drink. We had no electricity. The power was out. They're stranded. Their parents fleeing. So you see, if we'll just be sensitive yes, yes. to the spirit of the Lord, you know, I, I didn't even think about leaving town. I was part of the management team anyway, but I thought, this is just discomfort. This is not, well, I'm going to go to Dallas and get me a hotel room. That never entered my head. What I'm thinking about is I want to make a difference in the lives of somebody else that's having trouble. That's so awesome. And so when I think about Abigail, she already had those cakes baked. She already had that bread in the oven. She already had the wine made. More than what they needed for her husband's feasting. She was a wealthy woman, but she took care of the resources that were in her hand. And so when the storm came, she was ready for it. Yes. And that's what I would really feel an urgency right now. Whatever storm you're going through, God will give you the provision if you'll be. Don't squander your money. Don't spend your money on running to the mall and buying the latest thing when you could be doing something that would be a blessing to someone in a week or a month down the road. For me, I could have spent that money on lots of stuff, but I spent it on juice and cereal because that's what I felt the Spirit of the Lord Lord wanted me to do. And too many women are not wise and sensible in the management of their homes. And so if you're listening to me today and you've been wondering about this, well, this is your confirmation. God wants you to be wise with the affairs of your home and take charge of it. Yes, because you never know. You do not know what lies ahead. Yeah, and that seed could be the seed that saves somebody's life. That's right. And it could be the seed that opens the door. You know, we just had a, um, and I, I, I feel free to share this. Uh, Leland is having to have surgery and uh, vocal surgery. And he's taken several months off prior because they were trying to get his vocal cords to heal. And he actually had surgery today and he's got to take several months off. Well, they, you know, they had some money set aside, but the Holy spirit moved on his wife of course, they're tithers and givers, and they've always been extravagant givers. But God, the Holy Spirit moved on his wife at a time when they were not working, and she gave $5,000, $5,000 to a homeless family to help them get, and it, and, and it was all good. It was, there, it was a good family that just hit some really bad yeah, situations. Yeah. You know, sometimes that could be foolish. It That's wasn't, right. It wasn't in her case, but... I was thinking, you're giving $5,000, you know, you're at a point where you're, and then we literally, the Holy Spirit led Pastor Todd and Cindy to take an offering for them, and we know, you never know, we, we, right. we don't pressure people, and, no. and they got a huge, huge offering from Thank our church you, family this week that's going to help them with the surgery and taking care of them until he's back on the road. Thank God. Thank you God. can't outgive God. Never. 
Never. And so it's that little thing. You know, you have that little opportunity, that little window to obey him. And and once it passes, it's gone. It's gone. And so if you want God to use you, yes. you've got to be faithful in the smallest things that you think are not that big of a deal. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's a big deal, like with, with Mandy giving that yes. money to this family that yes. desperately needed help. Yes. But God knew that her obedience would, would open up the door for her when they Absolutely. needed help. Absolutely. So it's amazing what giving, like you buy, you, that may sound like juice and cereal. Right. Juice and cereal, because you were prudent, you know, there may have been, they would have probably went hungry That's until a, all of the food came. And see, to my natural thinking, it would be milk and cereal. Yes. But I didn't have refrigeration. To keep the milk, the milk would have spoiled. Wow. And so when you stop and think, of, I, I look back on that and I think, I'm so glad I listened to the Holy Ghost because in my mind, I'm thinking milk and cereal go together, not juice. But God knows. Right. He knows what we have need of. And we have to just learn to listen to that still, small voice and quickly obey, not procrastinate, not put it off, quickly obey because he has put in your hand what you have need of. Yes. And you think about Abigail. She saved the destruction from her family, but then she also opened up an opportunity for her own life. That's right. To be married. Because when she came back home after saving her husband, I mean, David's taken his guys and they've gone off and they're fat and <laughs> well fed. She comes home and Nabal's drunk. And she doesn't say one word to him. Or you want to pick up your iron skillet and give him a piece of your thought process right. about then. But she didn't. She waited until the next morning. And then she told him what she had done. And the Bible says that he was paralyzed. I personally believe he had a stroke. Yes. Where he couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. But God in his mercy gave him 10 days until he died. And you know, you can have a stroke, but you still have your thought processes. You, sure. you can respond to the spirit of the living God if you're humble-minded enough to receive it. Yes, yes. And that's the key. He gave him 10 days to respond. That's so awesome. Um, I know we're supposed to go for another song, but we're going to forget the song because I don't want to I don't want to miss out on the opportunity of talking about the woman in history. So tell yes. me about the woman in history that corresponds. Oh, she was a woman extraordinary. Her name was Susanna Wesley. Wow. I love because Susanna. Because she had to deal with a, with a horrible marriage as well. Susanna was the mother of John and Charles who founded the Methodist Church. And she married a man that looked like it was a good thing because her dad was instructing men in the gospel and, and he was one of them. But he was so selfish. He was so self-absorbed. And so here's Susanna, they have, um, they're pastoring a church, but her marriage is horrible because her husband is foolish as well. Oh, wow. And so um, he had, for instance, he had grandiose ideas that he was going to write this commentary on the book of Job and it was going to make a fortune and that would sustain him. It never did. It was just his ideas. Yeah. It wasn't God ideas. It was his right. ideas. Um, and he was so foolish with his money. He owed everybody. And so one time a parishioner, somebody in their church came to be paid back for a debt he owed. And of course he couldn't pay it because he blew the money. And they threw him in prison. 
for over a year. So here's Susanna at home with the children, trying to make ends meet, while her goofball husband <laughs> is in prison for a debt he incurred wow. that he could not pay. Wow. So he was a horrible money manager. But but that's not the bad part. The bad part is that his ways were so offensive to people in the church and in the community that um, horrible things were done. Uh, someone, a neighbor, set fire to their crops and burned them to the ground. Wow. Um, they uh, went in and slashed the udder of the cow. Now, that was a form of milk for the children. Oh, my goodness. Their house was burned to the ground by neighbors that were so upset with her husband twice. Not once, but twice. Um, and then the, the, the worst of all of it was that her children died. Of um, the 19 children that Susanna gave birth to, only 10 lived. So almost half of them died. That's right. And you know, for me, that's probably one of the worst things that a mother Could can go through yeah. is to bury her children. And she buried one after another. She had two sets of twins that died. And yet, there's never any record of her blaming God and saying, why is this happening to me? As a matter of fact, what is written is that she taught them spiritually and academically that she spent time with her children every day, quality time by herself. And when her day got too stressful, she took her apron, put it over her head and went into prayer. And when the children saw that apron go over mama's head, we don't bother mama. Wow. And so I think about that, you know, um, Acts 20 describes Susanna well. It says, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials. Wow. Susanna served the Lord. There's no question about her. Uh, her husband would get mad at her and he would just leave town for a year. And she's left with all these kids to fend for herself. No social services, no food stamps. Yes. Totally but yes, she made it. And then she started reading. She, he left a man in charge of the church that was a do-nothing. And so Susanna started opening up her home and inviting people in. And over 200 people came every week for her to read a sermon and give her comments about the scripture. And her husband got so mad, along with the man left in charge, and said, you can't do that. And she said, but people are being helped. And she was mending the fences, if you will, of the hostility in the townspeople. And so she was doing a good thing. And he finally said, okay, well, you can continue with your Sunday night meetings. <laughs> you think, oh, my goodness. 200 how, people show up. Over that's 200, a lot of people. That's a lot of people to be in, in your home every week. So her devotion was so great that of her children that lived, two of them, John, became the founder of the Methodist Church. And, you know, John and Charles, along with George Whitfield, formed something called this Holy Club where they would wow. get together and fellowship over the Word and spend time. But it was her influence upon them. And she made so many deposits and fruit in their lives that, that she would absolutely change a whole society. Her actions as a mom at home that God could use 
caused two of her boys to change the culture of the United Kingdom or Britain and America. Yes. Because yes. the ripple came across the pond, if yes, you will. It, yes, it did. To our shores because of her obedience to pray. She didn't blame God. She took it to the Lord in prayer. And her voice. And her voice. Echoes in history to this day. Yes, it does. Her righteous voice. And you think, like you said, she could have blamed God. What's wrong? You know, because her dad was a man of God. That's right. She could have blamed God. God, why would you let this happen to me? I'm so bold. No, she just spoke the truth, stood by what, and God used her. Who, you know, I don't even know her husband's name. Oh. Uh, I, I don't even know his name, but we know her. And we know that the the influence that she had on those boys, we're, we are living that to this day. John wrote later that his mother was a preacher of righteousness by what she did. Wow. See, our actions speak as loud as our words. And when our words line up with our actions, oh, there's a power released in the heavens yes. that goes down through the centuries. And so Susanna Wesley, when she began to speak the word, and she, she even wrote commentaries on the word. I mean, she was an incredible woman. How she could discipline herself to take care of the household, manage the affairs with a husband that gets mad and runs off and pouts for a year. Yeah, yeah. Not overnight, not for an hour or two, <laughs> but for a year. And yet she made it. Yes. And when he was dead and gone, she was still standing victorious in the faith. God had a purpose for her life, and she overcame her troubled marriage just like Abigail. Yes. Just like Abigail. Two women that found themselves in a predicament in their marriage, but she just stood her ground with Jesus, and he provided a way of escape. Now, I will say this with Abigail. You know, when, when her husband died, after a little bit of time, David sent for her to come be his wife. And you know what? All that wealth that Nabal had, guess who took it on to David? Well, it would have been Abigail. Yes, yes. Helped him finance all of his wars. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Nothing like marrying a rich woman. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? The goodness of the Lord. I, I am so excited about this book. We're going to talk more. We're going to have more uh, episodes on a woman God can use. I'm excited about what God is doing through you, Frida. Thank you. And uh, I really believe that you've entered into a new season. I know um, you and your family have sustained some real heartache in the last year and a half. And I just, uh, my heart goes out to you. And to see you come here today. And talk about the goodness of the Lord and women that God, and you are one of those women. You are one of those women that God is raising up in this last days to just speak across, uh, you know, because it's one thing when, um, when we talk and we've only known mountaintop experiences. That's exactly right. That's exactly but right. But it's another thing when you minister and you've been in the valley of the shadow yeah, of death. That's right. And uh, you're one of those women that have, have been through a lot of things, but God has used you and will continue to use you and your daughter and your grandchildren and uh, your yours and Bob's legacy will be big. So we just, we just pray the blessing of the Lord over everyone listening today. I just declare that you are a woman God can use. Yes. You are a man God can use. And we're excited about what God is doing in the earth today. We say yes and amen to his plans and his promises. Uh, we love BPN Radio. We love Dale Gentry. I just pray the blessing of the Lord over you and have a great day. We'll see you next week.
For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.